You understand that in Bible translation, there should be an equivalent word in the Hebrew for the English word. Well, for the word Messiah, it, there are 39 occurrences of the same Hebrew word. Two of them translated Messiah. The other 37 are translated anointed or anointed one. And that really helps us. Because when we get to the New Testament and we get to the Lord Jesus, we find that he is many, many times referred to as the anointed one. And he is without doubt the Messiah. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak on this very first program of 2023. Yes, we have crossed the milestone of ending an old year and have launched into the new. Time is marching on and we take on the challenge of another year of radio ministry in the will of the Lord and in His strength. Philippians 2.13, we quote, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, that has to be relative to the ministry that God gives us and the callings that we have. But when the Lord calls us, he will give the strength. And I trust that this radio ministry of Let the Bible Speak from our Free Presbyterian Church in Canada will be a minister to you in a very personal way. You are my congregation, and you are my burden to see you helped in the Christian life. If you're still seeking the Lord and seeking salvation, as you may be new to the Bible and new to the gospel, I trust that you will be brought to personal saving faith in the Lord Jesus. While the Bible is a big book, and over the year we cover a lot of subjects, yet my purpose is to lead you to Calvary to faith in the saving work of the Lord Jesus that he accomplished on the cross. Let us never forget that Christianity is Christ. It is a person, the Son of God. And until you trust on him and on him alone for salvation, you are lost without a Savior. Now this week we are back into the book of Daniel and to chapter 9. It will be this week only as we finish off some messages on the Messiah and the 70 weeks. Wonderfully, it will lead us again to faith in the Lord Jesus and all that he has done, for we have much more information than Daniel possessed. He wrote of these things, being moved by the Spirit of God, but he did not see them accomplished. But we live in times when they are fulfilled. Now, let's go right to the Bible. We can't let the Bible speak unless we read the Bible itself. And so we're turning to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 21. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, 
even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And we're reading here from the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verses 21 through to 27. Now, I hope that you stay with us and that you will be blessed through the ministry of let the Bible speak from the pulpit of our church, and that this word will be a word for your soul today. Stay tuned as we turn to this message. Well, I think by now that you, you know that I really like Daniel. I really, really like Daniel. And I'm going to give him one more kudo. He is the first to record in all of the Bible the title for the Lord Jesus, Messiah, Messiah. And of course, you have it there in verse 25 and 26. And it's the only two times in the Old Testament that you have in our English Bibles the words Messiah. Now, actually, we have to thank our English translators for that because the Hebrew word Behind Messiah, you understand that in Bible translation, there should be an equivalent word in the Hebrew for the English word. Well, for the word Messiah, it, there are 39 occurrences of the same Hebrew word. Two of them translated Messiah. The other 37 are translated anointed or anointed one. And that really helps us. 
Because when we get to the New Testament and we get to the Lord Jesus, we find that he is many, many times referred to as the anointed one. And he is without doubt the Messiah. And so what we were suggesting last week, and uh, not just suggesting, but saying as a reality, that the Jesus of the New Testament is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. We can also say that the Christ of the New Testament is the Messiah of the Old Testament that the Jews really waited upon. Now this prophecy of the Messiah was so recognized and accepted amongst the Jewish people that at the time of our Lord coming into the world, and I think of Simeon who had high expectation that he would live to see the Redeemer of God's people. There was at the period of the Lord coming into the world a very elevated expectation that the Messiah would come. And there were people who were counting from this prophecy of Daniel of 70 weeks that were determined. Now these 70 weeks are really 70 years or 70 sevens of years, which is 490 years from the time that the people returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the, the temple and the city until, well, I'm going to give you what I have learned, until 70 AD, when Jerusalem was virtually wiped off the map by the Roman generals' armies that destroyed Jerusalem and razed it to the ground, destroying everything. Now, we have a long introduction tonight, and I want to set up a few things to clarify a few things so that when we get to the body of the message, that we can move a little more quickly. Firstly, I want us to look at the purpose of the vision. And if you go back one verse to verse 23, that it says, For thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. This vision, this 70 weeks, determined until... Uh, all of these events, was to convince Daniel that he was beloved. You've often heard it said, just don't tell me, show me. Well, God not only told Daniel, I love you, but he showed it to him in real terms. And he said, Jerusalem's going to be rebuilt, right in this prophecy, it is stated, and I'm going to send you the Messiah that is promised and I'm going to bring all things to a fulfillment to an end. And so he needed to know that. And really, this is what gospel ministry is all about. My job is to convince you how much the Lord loves you. My job is to convince you what it means to be a child of grace, that God works in grace and pity and a fatherly love toward every one of us. Now, that seems strange. But every one of us are fleshly and have a carnal tendency to go back to human thinking and even to human works. And we need to be reminded more and more again that we're elected, chosen, blessed, and that we have every 
blessing in Christ Jesus. And so, in reality, not one of us gets it. Not one of us realizes yet just how wonderful it is to be saved, to be a Christian. We can hardly take it in that from all eternity, before the world was created, God loved his people, you and me. God, before he created Adam and Eve, set his love upon our souls. And that electing love is sovereign and unchangeable. And you know that wonderful chain in Romans 8, 29, whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate, and whom he did predestinate, them he also called, whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, them he also glorified. We call that the golden chain of God's purposes to his people. When God chooses you, he predestines you, he calls you, he justifies you, and he will not stop the work until he glorifies you. That is the grand purpose of the gospel. So what is the Lord doing to Daniel here to convince him of God's love? He is giving him clearer views of the Lord Jesus, clearer views of the Savior. It's not psychology. It's not yoga or transcendental meditation. It's not some mystery, but just show the love of the Lord Jesus. And that's what clinches our hearts and stirs our hearts when we do see the Lord Jesus himself. Now, that's the purpose of the vision. I want us now to come to the scope of the vision. Seventy weeks. Now, you'll notice that they are determined. And this is also great news. God is not working on a whim, but he has a very set purpose. And when the Lord Jesus would come into this world, it was at a set time when the fullness of time was come. And there was a set period when the Lord would be born, when he would take up his earthly ministry, when he would die on the cross. And of course, in this text, it refers to the Messiah being cut off. So that is his death upon the cross. Now it's based, this 70 years is, 70 weeks is based on the 70-year exile. They were still in it when Daniel wrote these words, but he was told it was coming to an end. And just as God caused his people to suffer 70 years in exile, he was going to work another program after their release, after they were free to go back to Jerusalem, another program that would be 70, not years, but 70 weeks of years, 70 Sabbaths of years, and that would be the 490 years. And so tonight, as we think of the great scope of what this period of prophecy refers to in these 70 weeks are determined, we want to lay down some time markers. I do not have time or the ability, really, to get in all the history. That would keep us until this time next year. The amount of history involved in this period of time, 490 years, is absolutely phenomenal. 
and the events that have taken place during that time. But I'm going to look at five big time markers because the commencement of this 70-week or 490-year period was at the time of the command to go back to rebuild Jerusalem. I want you to see that in verse 25. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. That is the scope. It begins at the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and that was the command that was given by Cyrus, the king of Persia, when he was petitioned, he was favorable to send the Jewish people back. You remember how God uh, opened up that way in such a marvelous way. Indeed, Cyrus was so favorable to the Jewish people that there are tonight American Christians who look upon Donald Trump as their Cyrus. Cyrus was a heathen king. He was not a Jew, but he was very favorable to the Jews. And he uh, certainly gave them many of their requests and sheltered and provided for them. And that's how many American Christians look upon Donald Trump, that while he may not be himself uh, fit the bill uh, for born-again membership in the church, yet he is favorable to the liberties and the freedoms that many Christians in the United States at this time are looking for. And so the first marker is this year of return to Jerusalem. That is the very first marker, when the 70 weeks were to begin. Now, marker number two is the completion of the walls of Jerusalem after seven weeks. You'll notice that in verse 25, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks. And that's whenever the, the walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt in troublous times. So do the math, and there's a fair stretch of those 490 years. The first full week is taken up uh, in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And you remember how Nehemiah had to go. The work had stopped. The work got prolonged. Uh, the Samaritans and Balat. And, and others, Tobiah, were opposing the work. Uh, Nehemiah had to go back with Ezra, stir the people to the work of rebuilding, and eventually the work was completed after that first week. So that's the second marker after uh, that seven weeks. Now, time marker number three is verse 25 again, and 62 weeks from the rebuilding of the walls, the completion of that, from the going, uh, the time of the Messiah would be the end of the ministry of John the Baptist. The end of the ministry of John the Baptist. He was the last Old Testament prophet. And the Lord Jesus, of course, he was the forerunner to the ministry of the Lord Jesus. So those 62 weeks would take us up right to A.D. 30, when the Lord commenced his ministry. Now, some people, when they're looking at this history, they play around with different calendars, and they will convince us that 
Jesus was actually born in B.C. 5, and that would bring it back to about A.D. 26 or 25. I'm not going to muddy the waters with all those change of calendars. Let's keep to the one we're most familiar with. And the Lord commenced his ministry uh, at the end of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was imprisoned, the Lord Jesus was already ministering. And that date, by the way, is very carefully recorded for us. Now, if you look with me at Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 1, Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 1, and it will give you the exact year that John the Baptist began or his ministry. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor over Judah and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch, and so on. And then verse 2, uh, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. It's quite remarkable that in the Bible, the exact date of John the Baptist's ministry is given as that 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. And so that is a very big marker. And that coincides with the end of the 62 weeks, or 62 plus 7, which would be the end of 69 weeks. And then the ministry of the Lord Jesus is the beginning of the 70th week. So I leave that with you as a marker. Marker number 4, it says in verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Now, the cutting off of the Lord Jesus, of course, is his death. And we're told there in verse 27, this is really added information to what you get in verse 24. It is says, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice in the oblation to cease. And so in the midst of that week, and how long did the Lord Jesus minister? Three and a half years. We know that from the Gospels. And so in the midst of the week, the Messiah was cut off. And so these are our big markers of time. The commencement of the building of the walls or the city of Jerusalem and the temple, the completion of the walls, the ministry of John the Baptist or the commencement of Christ's ministry, and then the last week, the last week, which is marker number five, the time of desolation of abominations. And we'll go to verse 27 for this. For the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Now that, from my study, and I'm not claiming to be infallible, and I'm not claiming to be the only one that has opinions and ideas, but from my study, from my reading of the very finest commentaries and men who have been consistent in handling the Word of God and have given views that, that we can have great confidence in, that that desolations or abomination was A.D. 70 when Jerusalem was, as I said, wiped off the map. And we must never underestimate the tragedy of the fall of Jerusalem in 87. 
You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I trust that today God's Word has stirred your heart to faith in the Lord Jesus. We learn here that God means what He says, and in these prophecies that are fulfilled so wonderfully and with such amazement, and even to such horror, uh, that we know that God's Word is true. We're handling a book that is the Word of God, and it is inspired, and it is our judge, and so we come under its authority. We also learn that it's a terrible thing to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, as did the Jews. They cried out, His blood be upon us. And in AD 70, at the horrific destruction of that city, that was demanded of them. And tomorrow we will deal and give an account of 1.1 million people perishing in the city of Jerusalem, 100,000 taken off as slaves and ships, and a tremendous judgment upon that city. It is a warning to us that we must repent of sin and obey the Lord. It's also a call to study the Bible. The Bible is a book of predictions and promises, and we will find that word will guide us. And so I trust that in this new year of 2023, that you will be guided by the light of the Bible. Now, that will require, of course, steady, constant reading and meditation. And there are many Bible reading plans, but the best plan is that steady commitment to taking the time to read the Bible for itself. Just get familiar with what the Bible says. Mark those and highlight those uh, outstanding statements that come to your heart as you read them, and maybe take a little notebook and jot down a few things that will aid you to review. And over time, God will increase your knowledge, increase your faith, and bless you abundantly. Let's unite in prayer and commit ourselves to the Lord for this new year. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee today for the grace that brings us into this new year. We praise Thee for Your mercies to us and for the opportunity to serve Thee. And I pray that we will do so in the fear of God and that that will be our wisdom. So bless Your Word today. Make it to live in each and every heart and to be a blessing. But above all, I pray that your Holy Spirit will strive to convict of sin, to reveal the Lord Jesus through the Word, to create faith in Him. And we pray your blessing upon every home, every family, and each soul listening right now. O Lord, put thy hand upon each one, and graciously, wonderfully bless. This we pray and ask mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining with us here on the program today. This radio ministry comes to you from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. And if I can be of any personal help, make sure you be in touch. 604-897- 
2040, and I'll personally take your call. Now, as we come to the close of the year, let me encourage you to stand with us in these programs as we seek to air the gospel right across Canada on a number of different stations. You can support by sending your gift to the FPC, that's the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3S1M6. Just make the check payable to Let the Bible Speak. Or you can support by e-transfer. If you go to our website, you'll find all the information and the email address to use. And, of course, you can sign up on that website for our newsletter. May that be a source of encouragement and information to you as we broadcast the gospel in this wonderful land of Canada. Pray for this program. Pray for this ministry that God will use his word to convert sinners, to turn the hearts of men from the world to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this is Ian Golliher. My phone number is 604-897-2040. I look forward to hearing from you. Be sure, of course, to join us again here as we Let the Bible Speak.